At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And you're listening to us in some part of this wonderful planet of ours on the Talkstar Radio Network or on the Mutual Broadcast Network or on the Exxon Broadcast Network or on iHeartRadio. No matter where you're listening to us or how you're listening to us, thank you for taking time out of your day, your night, no matter where you are, to join us here in the X-Zone. While I was uh, getting ready to do this segment, I was thinking about time. And things happen in time. You know, New Year's Eve, we look back and reflect on the year that passed. When it's your birthday, you reflect on the year that's gone by. When it's an anniversary, with your wife, you look back over the many years you've spent together and the good, the bad, and unfortunately, the ugly as well. But last week, I had a good friend of ours on the show, Richard DeRose, last Tuesday. And Richard is a very unique person. He's a truth seeker. He tells it as it is. He doesn't, he doesn't put cauliflower in. He doesn't, he doesn't put sugar on it, icing. He says it the way it is. He's the author of a book entitled Retail to Hell and Brainwashed, Are You? Two different books. His website is www.brainwashedareyou.com. And Richard and I talk about 
many things. But I couldn't help myself but get a hold of Richard this, this, this week, today, as a matter of fact, to get him on the show to talk about the events that happened in the past week. And Richard, if anyone would have told us last Tuesday what would happen in the, in the following week, I would have told them they were nuts. But here we are a week later, 17 dead, 14 in the hospital going back to that high school in Florida. We have political divide as, you know, looking at the gun situation. We've got people who are never satisfied with what President Trump does. He's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. And then we have the topics coming up again about gun control, the Second Amendment. And my good heavens, Richard, first of all, thank you for joining us tonight and and helping us put some sense to what's going on. And did you ever imagine that all this would happen in the period of a week? Well, I told you when you asked me right before the show was over, I said things are going to get much worse. And uh, they definitely are. There's no question about that. All right. How do you make such a divided country? How do you make sense of what's going on, Richard? Let's take a look at the division within the government itself. Here you've got two parties. You've got the Democrat, uh, you've got the Democrats and the Republicans who are the governing parties of the country right now. And as, with something as simple as raising the age from 18 to 21 for the purchase of a weapon, based on what they've seen over the past week, they, they can't even come together on that to make it happen. What's going on? Well, Trump's talking about it, but that's not a solution. Um, and there is the issue of, uh, say, if an 18-year-old could be sent off to war and use a weapon like that, mm-hmm. uh, then why can't he use one or own one himself if yeah. he's not going to use it you know, in an aggressive way? Uh, and plus, that AR-15 is not quite the weapon it appears to be. A lot of people, and it does shoot a lot of rounds, don't get me wrong, but it has a single shot, and it holds around 30 rounds. But it basically is just a good hunting rifle, and it can be used in a violent way. No question about it. And it definitely looks like a, a weapon of war, but it's not really in a sense. And so that's what's got some people upset, is the fact that they're going after the wrong issue. And we have so many other problems in this country that are allowing this to happen, like in the case of um, uh, Mr. Cruz, the shooter, is mm-hmm. the fact that um, you know he, he was probably uh, disassociated with his group, group of people. You know, he was an adopted child, and he was uh, brought into that family in a very wealthy area of, uh, you know, Broward County. And uh, most of that county in that area went for Hillary Clinton, so they're very liberal. And, um, you know, he probably never felt like he fit in. And those people, of course, made him feel like he didn't. And uh, that could have contributed to some of this, too. But nobody wants to talk about their guilt or their fault or, you know, the fact they're using their iPhones, as we talked about in the past, mm-hmm. not paying attention to what's going on around them and maybe even bullying him to a certain degree. And so who knows exactly what went on in his mind, why he decided to do what he did. It was horrible. And, you know, nobody deserves that sort of situation. But the point is that there's a lot of guilt here other than the weapon that can't really do anything by itself but sit in a corner somewhere or a cabinet. I was speaking to Dr. David Gruder earlier tonight. He is a cultural psychologist. And, and he said a lot of what is going on is plain and simple deflection. What are you doing about it? It's your fault. Instead of everyone taking an inner look at each at themselves and saying, all right, what part do I play in what's going on? Right, and that's the easy way out because, you know, if you say, oh, let's take care of the gun, mm-hmm. that's not going to change anything. People say we have anywhere from, you know, 30 million guns in this country. I'd say it's closer to 330 million. 
And if somebody wants a gun, I mean, they'll just break in somebody's house and steal it. I mean, those kids can go out and buy drugs within 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and they'll get guns the same way. So that's not the solution to the problem. But it's the easy fix because, hey, let's get this over with, blame the gun, and we won't have to deal with ourselves. Like you say, we won't look inward and see really what's wrong with us. How do we best protect our children in schools? Well, I think you've got to go back to a situation where, and I did a quite an extensive study of this back in the 90s and some corruption in my own home town and and even the court system wouldn't support the situation that millions of dollars were being stolen because of the situation it's it's complicated but anyway what i one of the things i learned was the enrichment of the upper management Mm -hmm. schools is unbelievable you know say a teacher at that time was making thirty thousand dollars a year and lucky to make it but you know somebody at the upper level or two levels up was making 60 or seventy thousand, and some of them making over 100 well that's you know 20 years ago so no telling how high it is today you could reduce those salaries down to something that's fair mm-hmm. for them to live on. And you could easily have enough armed guards. But, you know, it came out today in the news that there was an armed guard in that building at that time. And he went outside because he didn't know exactly what was going on and waited for the police to show up. So there, you can't say that the schools yeah. aren't somewhat armed in this country. Um, and there was another guy that checked him in, the coach you've probably heard about, that got killed, but yes. he wasn't armed. And he was a security guard. But there was an actual armed officer there and he's going to have to face why he didn't challenge that person uh cruz at the time so you know like i say you can't blame it on the gun there's a whole lot of problems in this country you know we have a generation of young people that have been brainwashed into thinking that socialism is the way to go instead mm-hmm. of capitalism you know they're so much into their own selfishness they turn around and just tell you a lie even though they know you all you got to do is turn around and see the truth you know people lie people always lie but, you know, at least you hope somebody's not going to catch on. <laughs> but they don't even care if you catch on. That's the sad part about many of these young people. Not all of them, because there are some good people. But what I'm saying is that's a culture that we've developed in this country. And the gun is just a, a symptom of that, the fact that people can use it in a way and, and get so much attention from it. But it's not the problem. With your expertise in construction, how hard would it be to modify the existing schools? to make them more protective for the students that are inside these classrooms? Well, it probably wouldn't be that difficult, but what it's going to do is just like at the airport, at that crush hour when everybody either leaves or comes in, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have delays and sometimes maybe stand out in the cold, not in Florida, of course, but up north. And so that would be, you know, a detriment uh, to the students. And in many cases, you know, it's like being prepared for something even at the airport. How many incidents are there? If you can defer that, crazy person from going to that school maybe that's a good thing but they talk about our misleading you know as we call mainstream media says there's 18 school shootings this year that's not true there's only like three or four and these others are related around schools and stuff like that so they plump them in and say it was a school shooting but it's not it's it's a totally false information and that's another problem is we have so much false information from our media we don't know what the truth is anymore you know there's instances where they're calling some of these people child actors, right? Uh, like David Hogue, whose dad's an FBI agent. You know, we know the FBI dropped the ball twice. You know, as far as you know, locating this guy, yeah, and doing something about it. So, those are the kind of things that are going on. And then you get information on the internet, which seems to be actually more truthful in many ways. But then there's some false information. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Richard DeRose is our special guest this hour, Exonation, www.brainwashedru.com. With all the disinformation out there, Richard, how do people know what is real and what is fake? Well, they don't. That's the problem is uh, we can't get the truth from the mainstream media because they're all owned by the same group of people that mm-hmm. are basically opposed to Donald Trump. So at best you get you know false narrative stuff if it's not just telling you bold-faced lies. They never mention the, the good stuff he does and all his accomplishments, but they certainly go after petty little details, sometimes just how his hair looks or yeah. something. It's crazy. You know, I was watching yesterday when uh, President Trump had the the victims, their survivors, uh, their friends, their family, members of the educational field, the Secretary of Education at the White House, and he was sitting there. And I, I looked at him and listened to him, and I said, this is what a president is supposed to do. Like, he's doing it. How can they criticize what the president is doing now? He was talking well, the fact with... That he's supposed to be crazy, you know, it just destroys that, you know, narrative. So it was a great job. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. He was, uh, that was what he should be doing, and I mentioned that to you before. I wish he had these weekly or monthly meetings where he sat down and yep. explained what he's trying to accomplish and this and the other thing. Most people would go along with him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do that, unfortunately. But this is one of his shiny moments. And then last night I watched the town hall that uh, CNN had. And, of course, you know, the deck was stacked. Um, You had Senator Mark Rubio, who was there, uh, representing the Republican Party. They had a Democratic um, senator and then a congressman there as well. They also had uh, Sheriff Israel there and a representative from the NRA. And and there were questions from different members of the of the audience, uh, of course, and the majority were either family or children who survived. But I'm watching this, and I'm listening to it, and it looked as if this was pre-staged. It didn't well, look... Well, it was, and one of the um, you know kids that was supposed to talk, you know, he actually give a speech, and then they cut it down to a few questions, and they finally cut it down to the question that they wanted him to ask, so he refused to go. Mm-hmm. And he said he watched parts of it, and he said he knows that the other students were given questions, not their own questions, but given questions. And people will do that in order to get on you know, TV. So it was staged, absolutely staged. How can these, these mega networks like CNN get away with this? How can they deliberately manipulate the news to make the government look bad? Whatever happened to to integrity in journalism. 
well, it's gone. You know, I'm a journalist myself, and it's been long gone. But the bias that uh, most journalists have because they're so liberal, mm-hmm. that um, it's scary. You know, it's I talking to the dean of the University of Georgia, uh, Grady uh, School of Journalism, which is one of the top journalism schools in the country. Yeah. And he was so anti-Trump, I couldn't even get through to him. And we used to have, you know, really intelligent conversations, but what a biased person. And he was really mad at his dad because he was a Trump supporter. And I'm thinking, wow, this is the problem right here. You know, this yeah. is the bias. It also seems that the parents are manipulating some of the children to their way of thinking to get their message across to the media and throughout through the media, I mean, to to the viewers and the listeners, and that something doesn't seem right. With with and it's not right because it's just a manipulated system that. Mm-hmm of, you know, trying to control the, the narrative. Um, getting back into David uh, Hogg, that, you know, his father's the FBI right. agent, one of the big talkers for him, he was on um, Fox News uh, yesterday, and um, he actually came out and said something, uh, blaming Trump, of course, you know, which is not true. Uh, but then he said, can I say something else? And she paused because she was fixing to cut him off and said, sure, go ahead. He said something about the 1% that control the country. He says, my generation is going to rise up against y'all and throw you out. And it's going to be a, you know American government for the people. Mm-hmm. So they, they believe in that, I think, as a whole, the young people that I know. But the difference is they don't know which way to go. You know, they're ignorant uh, of the facts and you know what really matters. They don't have the wisdom. They may have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom to go with it. And so that's part of what's going on here. They realize that the system is in trouble and it could collapse. So they're looking for a way out and uh, a way that will make their life better. And they basically believe that socialism is the answer, which is a shame because it's not the answer. It seems that these children of today have the right concept, but they just don't know how to put it all together. And it seems that the people that they are going to for guidance don't have the don't have the inclination on how to get to the next step. Well, let me tell you what happened in this country. Okay. The baby boomers got busy doing their thing. You know, they had more than enough to do than to raise their kids, so they mm-hmm. turned it over to the games and this and the other that they had, and to the teachers. And the teachers were mainly liberals. You know, there's an old saying that a lot of people may get upset about this, but those that can do and those that can't teach. <laughs> and uh, and they came up with this idea that, you know, hey, we, we can solve all this you know, problem with, uh, you know, racial stuff and this and the other by telling these kids that everybody's equal and nobody's different and nobody should, you know, do the other and this, that, and the other. And then they brought in the socialistic stuff that came with it. And nobody was paying attention to how their kids were being brainwashed. And they weren't communicating with them at night. And if they did, they couldn't do anything about it. The system was too powerful. So what we do have a, basically is a, a generation of just totally brainwashed kids and they're going to end up like in Venezuela, you know, know what happened down there. It's a pretty pathetic situation. Yeah. They're starving to death. Do you think there's a connection between the violent video games, the violence in the movies, the violence on TV, and the violence that we're seeing now being uh, being demonstrated as, as with what happened last week in Florida? Absolutely. Let me tell you this. I learned this uh, a few years ago. But our Supreme Court, it's fundamental, basic premises to protect the United States mm-hmm. militarily. Then after that, it's the family and this, that, and the other. And we've got some liberal, you know, justice on there now. They've changed that a little bit. But when this 
argument came up before the Supreme Court, say, eight, ten years ago, maybe a little longer, about video games and limiting kids to uh, video games, it shocked a lot of people, and they said, no, kids have a right to, you know, video games. Well, we know that it's a problem with it. But what really was going on behind the scenes were the military people were saying that these kids that play these video games, they're one year, six months to one year ahead of the average recruit that doesn't. Wow. You know. So if we're going to get these soldiers in here that are ready to fight, we need these video games. So the Supreme Court just totally ignored the common sense science behind it and went ahead and went for that. But there was even a study done out, I think it came out yesterday or the day before, that hit the press and said that most of the young men today, something like 72%, weren't qualified to be in the Army for one reason or another, either health reasons or mental health reasons, mm-hmm. uh, or just not physically fit. That's pretty alarming, too. You raised a good point. What about the mental health issue in the United States? Oh, it's a big issue here because it's much higher than most people are willing to admit. And uh, just like with cell phones, just creating, you know, people's brains are wired when they're young like that. And uh, so I might get on a cell phone or you might get on a cell phone. It's not going to affect us as much. But their whole wiring of their brain is connected that way with this technology. And you you watch them all the time. They're they're sitting there, you know, at the table. It might be communicating back and forth at the table where they're eating dinner. I see. And uh, with somebody sitting at the table. Exactly. It's crazy. You see that all the time in restaurants. Right. You know, no matter where you go. We have a basket at our front door that's on a credenza that we have there. And when somebody comes into the house with a cell phone, they're asked to please put their cell phone in the basket. Because if you're coming to see us, come and see us. You know, the kids, and I should, I should just say that it's, it's meant for our kids and our grandchildren. You know, but there, it seems that ever since the phones have come out and technology has progressed as far as it has... People are addicted to these damn things. Like I, I know, I know people who can't, cannot function unless they're holding their cell phone. And I really believe, Richard, that smartphones make dumb people. That's right. It's true. Uh, even myself, if I misplace my uh, cell phone for mm-hmm. a little bit, I panic. Uh, you may feel the same way because I'm so connected. Yeah. You don't want to miss an important call or something. So, but I'm not as bad as children are. And see, there's a huge difference because, like I say, their brains are being wired to these things mm-hmm. in a sense that something we, you and I can't even fully grasp. And I'm glad we can't. Because you right. know what's going to happen one day, my friend? There's going to be an electromagnetic pulse that is going to come from the sun during a solar flare or, God forbid, in case of war. That's going to wipe out the cell grids, going to wipe out the power grids. Then what are people going to do? Exactly. I remember I had this conversation with uh, a young guy one time, and he made fun of me for knowing so many facts and details. He says, I don't need that because I've got Google. And I said, you're only an hour or two or three away from no information if your cell phone goes down and you can't get power. That is great. Kind of funny. He says, you know, that you make a good point. Richard, stand by. You and I have to take a break. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Exxon Nation, Richard DeRose is our special guest. Brainwashed are you. And when we come back, we're going to play that song that we've played once an hour all night tonight. And we will for the next couple of days, entitled Shine. And it was written and uh, performed by the students of 
the uh, the drama club at the school where the shooting took place last Wednesday. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. difference. Be the voice for those who don't have one. Together we have the power to change the world around us. You're not gonna knock us down. We'll, we'll get, get back, back up again. You may have heard us, but I promise we'll be stronger and we're not gonna let you in. We're putting up a fight. You may have brought the dark, but together 
shine the light. You're not gonna knock us down. We'll get back up again. You may have hurt us, but I promise we'll be stronger and we're not gonna let you in. We're putting up a fight. You may have brought the dark, but together we will shine the light and whoa, we will be something special. Whoa. And welcome back to the X one, everyone. That was the drama club of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida, who sang that yesterday at a town hall meeting that was hosted by CNN. My guest this hour is my good friend Richard DeRose. He is the author of, oh, let me see, a couple of great books that I've had the pleasure of reading. He's the author of Retail to Hell, Why We Need to Fear the Information Highway, Superstores, and Superpowers. And brainwashed are you. Richard, welcome back. And what's your opinion of that song, bud? Well, the opinion is exactly, remember back when we were younger, uh, remember what was going on in the late 60s and Mm -hmm. 70s. It's just a rebellious situation where we were fighting, you know, the establishment, which wasn't near as much trouble. And we felt the same way those kids did. So you can basically say it's probably just growing up and being rebellious against their parents and the establishment that, you know, they represent. But remember what happened in the uh, late 70s and 80s. People pretty much gave in and joined the current system. It didn't really change it that much, but they changed it a little bit. But mainly the fact that we started spending more money for in ways of improving people's um, overall being, you know, gave uh, more people that welfare and stuff like that. So that was the biggest change that took place. But as far as the fundamental changes like we were hoping for, uh, the end of war, remember that? You know, sure. Peace. Yeah. None of that happened, and that's just human nature, and that's how it works, and it'll be the same way for them. But unfortunately for them, and you've got to understand something, this is an empowered school, unlike many in the country, with great people. It's like going into uh, Chick-fil-A and seeing the difference between Chick-fil-A workers and Wendy's workers. You know, these are special kids, and even though many of them are very liberal because of the, where they grew up and their parents and everything, mm-hmm. They're special kids, and they're not going to be able to pull the wagon for the rest of their crowd. So I'm not really optimistic. I love the song. I think it's great. But, you know, if you look back and put it in perspective, it's probably not going to really happen the way they want it to. And then they're worrying about calling off the dogs. Yeah. But let's, let's you know, like, uh, I'm not a great fan of the smartphone technology. Everybody knows that. You know, I, I don't think that you need a cell phone to, to live with and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. But yet, isn't it possible that with the, the ability to network, get the messages out there, tweet, Facebook, that they have a better chance of making the changes that we sought to make because of the information highway that, they can disseminate the information faster than we ever dreamed of and gather more people together, like what happened with Black Lives Matter, the Me Too movement? Well, you're right about that in one way, but, you know, we're seeing the same thing right now with the Internet. Like we're talking about if Donald Trump didn't have Twitter and the Internet to pass Mm -hmm. information on, he would have never survived. He would have never gotten elected. So you do see a change. But is it a change for the better? Do they know the right answers? Like I mentioned earlier, they honestly believe that socialism is the way, not improving capitalism. And what we really have in America now is crony capitalism. So get rid of the croniness part and keep the capitalism with a socialistic bend to it, you know, because we have a lot of socialistic programs here. 
but they're so expensive and they're about to bring the system down. Well, socialism doesn't build it up. Socialism really never does anything for anybody other than a survival rate. And it doesn't build a lot of roads and this and the other compared to what capitalism can do if done right. But we somehow mm-hmm. got corrupted about 20, 30 years ago and too many people with power, and that's that 1% that David Hogue was talking about, that are really running things. If we could stop that, and I'm 100% for that, but to go their route with socialism, I've talked to many of them about this situation, is not the right answer. They're just digging a, digger, a bigger hole for themselves. What about the NRA? Well, the NRA is not opposed to some of the stuff that they want. You know, they've talked about, you know, more and more um, regulations in mm-hmm. the sense of, you know, getting rid of people with, you know, mental uh, disorders and stuff like that. But some of the Democrats, the very ones that stop it, they don't, oh, we want to protect the prisoners because it's only their right to carry a gun if they get out and serve their time. It's mentally people aren't really, you know, they're impaired, but they're not dangerous. We hear all that stuff all the time. So that's what is a wrench thrown in the works of fixing problems. And that's what I love about Donald Trump is he sees the problem, sees a fix, and does it instead of talking it through till nothing gets done. Let me ask you this. What is your opinion on why America is so, not all Americans, but why there are so many Americans who need to have guns? Well, here, our fundamental premise is this, that the reason we have freedom of speech and Mm -hmm. freedom of the press and all the other stuff is because fundamentally people have the right to defend themselves against an atrocity in government. And the more conservative people, more religious people basically believe that. So if you try to take their gun away, you know, you're going to see a totally different situation in the United States. It will be a civil war. And I've heard many, many people say that. I've taken a lot off these people and given in a lot as far as my belief system goes. Mm-hmm. But the day they come to take my gun. So even registering guns is scary to them. And then if you go back and see what is being uncovered by Robert Mueller, who thought he was going to destroy T- Trump's campaign, and uh, as president and this, that, and the other, is backfiring. And all of a sudden, we're seeing this horrible situation about just how corrupt Barack Obama was. And I don't know if you're paying enough attention to it, but um, there's some awful things. I mean, it's far, far worse than Watergate ever was. And will they ever be prosecuted? We talked about in the last yeah. program. Maybe, maybe not, but a lot of people sure are hoping they will be. What effect, in your opinion, has, has, has taking religion out of schools done? Well, I'm a Christian, and I believe that, you know, God-fearing people mm-hmm. will behave themselves a lot better. Now, whether it's a complete fix, no, but I think God should be a part of our lives, and a lot of liberals hate God. You know, they, maybe they're angry at God because they didn't get what they wanted out of life, this and the other. So there's a big struggle there in this country. So a lot of the people that support Donald Trump, his core people, mm-hmm. are basically fundamental religious people. And they want America to go back like it was with values. And we don't have any values in this country anymore. It's pathetic, really. Um, and they want to see those kind of values restored. And if we don't restore them, then we're going to be in a sad, sad situation. We're no, no longer going to be the leader of the world. I don't know if anybody's going to pick up the slack, but it won't be the United States. It has to change, and it has to go back to that. And 50% of the population wants it the new way, and another 50%, which are dying off, by mm-hmm. the way, a lot of baby boomers and stuff, want it the other way. So, you know, it's hard to say that America's got a lot, a great future ahead of itself. Well, we can only hope. Right? True. That's right. 
All right, stand by, Mike. Trump's about, yeah. All right, we're going to come back on the other side of this break. Exxon Nation, Richard DeRose is my guest to this hour, www.brainwashedareyou.com. And um, once again, the next edition of the X Chronicles newspaper comes out this coming Wednesday. And the front page is all about, well, let me just read the front page for you. The FBI's shame agency fails to stop mass murderer. That's the lead story. That's the cover. It says it all right there. What is behind the story? What is the story behind the story? Will we ever get the truth? Well, asking questions and talking to people like Richard DeRose, I believe we will. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. You're not going to knock us down. We'll get back up again. You may have heard us, but I promise we'll be stronger and we're not going to let you in. We're putting up a fight. You may have brought the dark, but together we will shine the light in. Whoa, we will be something special. Whoa. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. Richard DeRose is our special guest this hour, www.brainwashedru.com. The front page of the X Chronicle story is the FBI's shame agency fails to stop mass murder. And people who have, who have uh, learned about what we're doing are saying, well, Rob, how, how come you're not talking about UFOs, ghosts, angels, uh, the paranormal, the parapsychology? Well, it's very simple. Number one, how come none of the psychics None of the tarot card readers, none of the palmacists, none of the astrologers knew about this going to happen. Huh? How come? How come? That's number one. Number two, this is a story that needs to get out. For the past 28 years, I've been talking about ghost hauntings, UFOs, things that go bump in the night. Nothing ever changes in those fields, do they? So... We take a little bit of time and we bring the focus back to reality. To me, this is a real story. And as publisher and editor-in-chief of the newspaper, I can do it. And you know what? I did. And I feel good about getting this information out there as well as the other great stories that we have in this issue. So that's why we're doing it. And that's why we've been talking about it. That's why I've got a guest on this hour like Richard DeRose who 
tells it as it is. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't put icing on it. He doesn't believe in fake news. He's the real McCoy. And Rich, what's your take on the FBI uh, dropping the ball? Well, they definitely did. There's no question about it, um, at least twice in this particular case. But um, what I was saying earlier in the program about, you know, the people's wanting to have guns is they, they fear their government. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen lately is how corrupt the FBI has become because, you know, Obama got in there, put the right people up there. And since people are afraid of power and the corruptness, and I think it's seven or eight or 12 people have actually resigned before it really gets in there and cleans it up in the FBI, that um, you've got a situation where, you know, Trump can't go in there and clean it up because it looked like, you know, obstruction of justice if right. he did because of the Mueller investigation. So it has become a very corrupt, laid-back, lazy, uh, you know, group of people that, uh, for expedience sake or whatever, mm-hmm. didn't do their job. Or in one case, it may be that they wanted this shooter to go in there and or some people within the FBI did and you know wanted him to shake things up a good bit so they can bring this argument up again about the gun which happens all the time the Las Vegas shooting all these you know shootings that we see in this country have another side to them and the um, people the conspiracy theorist people always seem to have some evidence to indicate that something else is going on besides what we basically think we've seen so this has a lot to do with um, you know how I can say why people really want to like they need to have yeah. a gun and protect themselves with it. Is it a possibility that this was a false flag operation? Well, it could have been. Uh, there was a situation where this girl um, has said that she had stopped uh, this uh, cruise guy right. in the hallway, and uh, she said that um, she asked him, she said, this is something like what you would do, and he says, huh? And then they moved on, but she said at that moment in time she heard some shots coming from another part of the building. Now, it could have been that maybe the police had broken in at this time because there's already been some major shootings, and Mm -hmm. he had stopped shooting and was trying to escape. And he did escape and got free for a couple hours. But um, what happened was, um, you know, they took her video down off the YouTube. Wow. Who did that and why they did it, I don't know. But she seemed to be legitimate in her discussion of saying that she knew him, went to school with him, and saw him in the hallway and asked him specifically. So that just feeds into, you know, the conspiracy theory idea. What about the raising of the age to purchase uh, a weapon? We talked about it earlier, but would would it have made a difference in this case? I don't think so, because I think if he really wanted a gun, he would have got one. It might have been a pistol. And what was it, 2009, 33 people were killed at a university with a pistol. Yeah. You know, so if you're not armed, you have no way to defend yourself. And, um, you know, he had a pistol on him, they said at the time, plus some extra magazines, and fired quite a few number of rounds, like over 100, I think. So um, he could have put all that together. It's that, that stuff's out there. I mentioned earlier that I would suspect there's more than 330 million guns mm-hmm. in the United States. And, you know, if you want one, you can get one. I had a nice gun I'd had for 30 years stolen from me three Christmases ago, and I'm sure it's in the hands of criminals. Something that amazes uh, me is that this act has not been referred to as, 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 uh, as an act of terrorism, homegrown terrorism. Well, it's interesting. I often wonder what you don't mention this, but his name is Cruz, and that's Nicholas Cruz. Mm -hmm. That's probably a Cuban name. And there are a lot of Cubans that live in South Florida, and he was adopted 
by these parents who seem to have some money. Yeah. And the father died about eight or nine years ago. And I'm sure that the uh, mother, his stepmother, thought, oh, my God, what have I done? I you know, was trying to do the right thing, adopting this little kid yeah. that needed a home, and I got this monster on my hands. You know, the fact that law enforcement had had, uh, what was it, 37 instances? 39. 39 uh, the, the sheriff's office. And then dropping the ball with the FBI. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions asked. And what do you think the ultimate outcome is going to be? I heard one FBI official say today, well, yeah, we've dropped the ball, but we didn't do it deliberately, and it was human error. Like, come on. Well, that could be that. And like I said, expedience. You know, yeah. people get lazy and irresponsible, just like that deputy that was there that was armed. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't ready for something like that. And they say he was on the other side of the building and not knowing what was going on. He, he left the building and waited outside for reinforcements, which might have saved his life. You know, who knows? But um, the situation being that that's what he was paid to do is stop something like that. So he really dropped the ball. And that just came out today, by the way. Do you think the fact that the, um, the governing body in, in Florida – decline you know they they just said no we're not going to banish uh, the uh, sale of of assault weapons was that a message to the rest of the country that nothing's going to change well of course you know, the students that were there you know were protesting that so there may be some change but it'll be more window dressing than anything mm-hmm. else if you move the age up to uh, 21 it's not really going to change anything like i just said you know they'll be able to buy the gun somewhere if they want it bad enough so do you and, think the, uh, the banning of assault weapons would be a, a step in the right direction? Well, I wouldn't really call this an assault weapon. Uh, people that know it, you know, it's a single-fire mm-hmm. uh, gun that has about, shoots about 30 rounds. Right. And that right. way you might call it an assault weapon, but you could also use it for hunting. But maybe, you know, the uh, magazines. But we had done that before in the past. It didn't make any difference statistically. That was with and the Brady Bill, right? guns are just a small part. I mean, rifles are just a small part yeah. of the number of people murdered in the United States with guns. It wasn't that the Brady Bill? Right. That's yeah. Right, exactly. And it lasted for maybe eight or ten years, and then it was done away with because they found out statistically it didn't matter. And then President Trump's idea about uh, putting weapons in the schools with, with teachers, caretakers, and, and other officials. Um, well, you could have a teacher that goes crazy. You know, they definitely need to be trained, yeah. but... That's the problem. You just can't give anybody a gun and, and with a right to do it because sometimes these, uh, you know, teachers are very much intimidated by their students, and they may go off and start shooting a gun. And if you're not used to shooting a gun, you're probably not prepared to do it. You might hit some innocent bystander, and that would be a terrible situation as well. Yeah, um, my question was, all right, I, I can understand that at this time we're trying to find solutions, but the solutions have to be logical. And the amount of training that goes into to police officers who, you know, are faced with this possibility each and every day compared to that of a teacher who has to keep their weapon locked up in the room and unlock it, load it, or even if it is loaded, but then take it and go after the perpetrator or protect the room. That To me, it made no sense because how do we know that when push comes to shove, this teacher would have the ability to pull that trigger? They might not. There was a incident I read about, I think it was about 10 years ago, maybe mm-hmm. it was in 97, and he said he was in shock. He stopped the incident like that in the school, and uh, he said he was in basic shock for six months. And most of us aren't prepared to do that. It takes a special training to be able to take a gun and shoot it and use it. And, you know, sometimes you're better off to probably be an active uh, or, 
participant in a violent situation than to deal with the aftermath, you know, perhaps even lawsuits yeah. and stuff like that from families being sued personally. It's a pretty rough situation, so just having a gun is not the answer. Speaking about the aftermath, what kind of psychological damage or psychological help are these people going to need, and how much is that going to cost the, the state and the country? Yeah, it could be a lot. It's just sad, sad that this happened, but, you know, if you get back into the gun control issue mm-hmm. with... Uh, but what about violent videos? We've talked exactly. about that. And then a filthy rap and yeah. stuff like that. Sleazy, you know, Hollywood movies and, and even TV. I mean, NBC, ABC, and CBS, you know, certainly contributed to this idea that almost anything goes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's amazing that we don't have more situations like this, more people going off the deep end. It really is amazing when you think about it. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question here, Richard. We've got about a minute left. Tomorrow morning, you wake up, you're the President of the United States. What would be your plan of action? Just in this issue? Yeah. I think I do exactly what Donald Trump's doing. I try to appease these people Mm -hmm. and do some things. I mean, I think any rational person would think that, you know, maybe for mental reasons that, you know, people should not have guns. It scares me. I don't want to get shot by some crazy fool. But I don't want my right. I'm never going to use a gun, hopefully, against anybody unless it's 100% absolutely necessary um, and to defend myself. But, you know, it's a situation where we need to at least make people think we're doing something, whether it really produces any good or not. But then this goes back to the very thing, the implementation of it. Just because you have a law in the books doesn't mean that some guy selling guns wants to make a sale that day and he, you know, bends the rules a little bit and sells a gun. It happens all the time. Richard, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you, my friend on Exxon Nation. If you'd like to find out more about Richard, visit his website, buy his books, www.brainwashedru.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> 